Welcome to the Pixels and in Ink podcast. This is the show where we bring you the best tips, tactics, and strategies for using multi-channel marketing to dramatically boost your leads and sales. From the top sales and marketing minds across agencies, print service providers, and enterprise marketers, you'll hear what's working and not working so you can be on the cutting edge without having to empty your wallet in the process. All right, here are your hosts, Mackenzie Farshid and Dave Rosendahl. Alrighty. Well, welcome back. We're back. Hey, Mackenzie, how are you? I'm doing good. <laughs> Another great week. What an uh, emphatic intro we have now. Isn't it just exciting? Yeah, it's yeah. fun. Well, I think her name is Melinda. I really Melinda, like yeah, she did a great job. She really did. Well, welcome back, everybody. This is episode 27, right? Yep. And uh, we're feeling good here. We've got the endorphins running. We're ready for another great show. And we're going to continue today talking about how to maximize your chances of success at a trade show. Yeah, so if you missed episode 26, go back and listen to it. Basically, we just introduced the old way of approaching trade shows and uh, some of the challenges we were facing with not having a systematic approach to setting appointments, both pre-show, during show, and post-show marketing. So that's where we're at here. So a lot of the blogs and podcasts that you listen to out there will give you information that's kind of at a high level. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, how do I really use that? How can I really take that back to my business or to my marketing team and use it? So we want to go beyond that. We're going to talk to you today about some very specific tactics that we have found work tremendously well in preparing us for a trade show. So what we're talking about today is all of the stuff that we do in advance of the show. Uh -huh. The next episode will be what we do when we get to the show. Yes, and then the final episode will be what you're actually in the midst of right now, Mackenzie, which is all of the follow-up that you need to do after a show. So as we start out here, we want to give you our guiding principle that we believe when we go to trade shows. And that is, we believe that we have won or lost by the time we get to the show. Yeah, and that's a big change for us, right? Yes. Because before we used to look at it like, okay, so you get on the plane, you get over there, you get to the hotel, you unpack everything, and you set everything up, and people start walking in, and you're like, oh, please, God, let somebody good walk up to the booth, mm -hmm. you know? And you're like hoping and praying, and you know what? That doesn't work. Nope. That's a freaking recipe for disaster and if it does work once it's not repeatable that's here, true here we're really trying to focus on doing things that are repeatable and scalable yeah. and as you grow yeah. a business you know it's important that you have processes in place so that you determine your fate rather than hoping for yeah the best. yeah and i shouldn't say that you won't you might not get some people who walk up and you might get one out of a thousand mm -hmm. that actually ends up being good well what we're talking about is exactly what you said what's a repeatable scalable way that by the time you get there you know you're going to win and so our mantra is just as you stated we will know by the time we get to the show whether or not we have won or lost. And the reason we know that is because of all of this work that we do in advance. Right. So before we even start to plan for the current training show, what we do is we take the data from previous years and we start to utilize it to apply revenue goals. And so to dive a little bit deeper here, I know a lot of companies out there, they have an ad average contract value. Let's say your contracts that you typically sell or your sales team sales. Uh, sales are $20,000, hypothetically speaking. Mm -hmm. Now, the thing is, you're saying, okay, if we have costs of $100,000 and our contracts are $20,000, you just do that math. But what we've realized is that because a number of different factors, including show specials and extra costs associated with going to a trade show, you have to get really, really granular in the details of how much at first previous shows cost. Yeah. So immediately we set up a an, an expense sheet and, and luckily we have, you know, some people here, we use um, Anthony from accounting and we, we pull together all the data that we have from previous shows and we use that as an estimate to th say, okay, this is how much we had in expenses total for this previous show. 
Yeah, so we have a brief, and we're going to be sharing that with mm -hmm. you, that, that I'm going to read from it just briefly here. It says, and this is the second section in that brief, our goal is to identify X qualified opportunities. And mm -hmm. we have that number filled in. You need, to, you need to fill it in for yourself. And we make a distinction that those are distinct companies, right? Because right. back in the day when we first started this process, we used to count multiple people. And so it kind of inflates your numbers artificially. So we look for distinct companies. Mm -hmm. Uh, maybe we're talking to multiple people there, but we're looking for distinct uh, companies. And we want to arrange a visit with them at our booth. This is one of the key strategies that we employ. That visit at the booth is either a one-on-one -on -one meeting yep. that we have intentionally set in advance of the show, or we do these group sessions where we bring, I think it's around 10 people per yep. event, right? So that's in the second section of our brief here. It says, our goal is to identify X qualified opportunities. Those, those are distinct companies. And then we have a goal of how many we actually want to sign at the show. So it says, our goal is to sign X clients at the show and X more upon return within 90 days for a total of you know those two things added together. Again, in our brief, we have very specific numbers. We want you to do the same and encourage you to think in the same way. Just as you stated, McKinsey, if the show's costing you 100000 and your contract value is 20000 then you need five to even just break even, mm -hmm. right? So what we do, the, the way we arrive at those numbers is we take what we assume um, is our average contract value, just as you stated, and we use that to figure out, okay, how many people do we actually need to sign at the event? And how many do we need to sign when we uh, finish the event, when we get back home, mm -hmm. if you will? Uh, now, as you mentioned, there are some factors to take into consideration. One of the things that we do is we have a show special, right? right? And so we usually um, reduce the amount of, in our case, it's a software license, but we reduce that amount for people who sign up at the show. Correct. So we need to factor that in. That's one thing that we recently learned that, mm -hmm. oh, shoot, we forgot we have to, I mean, simple things like that, right? Oh, we got to factor in the $1,000 off that we give people. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we got to adjust our numbers. Yeah. So first things first, at the top of our brief for the show, we get really clear about our goal and then we go right into our revenue goals. So the goal of the show about, you know, believing we won or lost and then right into the revenue goals, what do we need to do to A, break even and then to exceed it? And these are non-negotiable goals. And seeing them at the top of the brief every day, I think for me and for the team is really important so that we keep our eye on the prize and that we always know how can what we're doing today contribute to that goal, knowing that by the time we get there, we've already determined that fate. Yeah, I think the first time we did this, the first few times we kind of used this new process, it took us hours to put together this this brief, right? This mm -hmm. strategy document. Now we have a template in a few other trade shows that we've done this at where we can kind of pull that information Correct. and it, it doesn't take as long as it initially did. I think the next key section in the brief, and folks, you should go to our blog because there we're going to link up uh, to this brief that we're actually looking at on the screen right now between McKinsey and I, where you can go download and take a look at, at exactly what we're looking at. But the next key section, I believe, in that document is where we talk about our strategy. Correct. Right. So for us specifically, I'm going to give you our strategy in a nutshell. And that is to drive as many face-to-face -face appointments and visits at our booth as possible. Mm -hmm. That breaks down into three different areas in specific for this show that we're talking about here, three different ways that we try to do that. Yeah, so the first way that we do that is we wanna confirm RSVPs with a certain amount, so X amount of qualified companies, prospects, for one of the educational sessions we're hosting. So what we typically do to drive traffic to the booth and to educate and to bring some new in information to the people at the booth is we host educational sessions throughout the day. How so, long are those? So they're about 25 minutes, and mm -hmm. it's just enough for people to come by, whet their appetite, learn a little bit, and then if they're interested, we can always continue the conversation afterwards right. or schedule a one-on-one. -on -one. Yep. So we have a distinct number of companies, like Dave said, 
said that we want to um, set to come to each of these sessions. And some of the ways that we get them there is we tell them what we're going to be talking about. We have giveaways, um, the purpose of this session, and we do a lot of pre-show emails and calls to make sure that we get this distinct number of people and companies to one of our educational sessions. Yeah, so we have, at this last event, we did six educational sessions mm -hmm. and we have 10 seats, so we try to fill up all 10 seats. Yep. And as you said, we do we do that through outbound phone calls. We do that through emails. We have a series of aggressive strategies. Social to, media. Yeah, social media to get the right butts in those seats, right? Mm -hmm. And actually, in a minute, we'll bring in Suzanne, who's somebody on your team who, yes. who helps set these appointments, right? So that's that's number one. What's the second thing we do? Um, number two is it's really important for us to have face-to-face -face time with clients at the show for a number of reasons. Number one, our whole company is based around having our, our customers grow. So this is in contrast to prospects. Yes. Okay. So the first group of people were the amount of butts of prospects that we yeah. want to get in these seats get those butts <laughs> and now it's a number of butts that we want of current clients to get to those same educational sessions mm -hmm. so hypothetically if there's 10 seats for each of the six educational sessions that means 60 people we want half of those people ideally to be customers as well yeah what we've realized is that there's a couple of benefits that come out of that one is a lot of times for us and we have thousands of customers they don't know but one one hundredth of what we do, right? Mm -hmm. So they hear something new and it sparks a new idea and they come up to us and say, hey, I didn't know you could do X, Y, Z. And I bet folks for you listening, you have the same situation. Your customers just don't know everything you can do. Right. But the other benefit is there's there's kind of this um, banter banter between them. Yeah. So between the customer butt and the prospect butt, right? <laughs> Those two people sit next to each other. Then they start talking. Hey, how long you been with Mindfire in our case? Or hey, how long you been doing X, Y, Z? And they start to have this dialogue. And that adds value to both parties. Right. And it's like, you know, oh, you do this kind of work. Oh, I do that kind of work. And people can cross collaborate. And at the end of the day, we are really at a trade show to exhibit our product, but most importantly, to educate. And mm -hmm. so if you put people that are at different stages in a life cycle of a product or a plan or marketing, they're going to get to learn from one another. And so it's really great to get both a mix of prospective customers and current customers yep. in those educational sessions. Yep. So that's those two. And then the third strategy is to set a number of one-on-one -on -one meetings with qualified companies. So in contrast from the group sessions we just talked about, these are specific one-on-one -on -one meetings between a company and one of our sales rep or one of our team members, maybe me or whoever is at the show. And we hope that it's not just one person from the company. We want to be talking to as many people from the organization as possible so we can get inside their organization, we can learn about them, and so that we can really take time to get to know them, to build rapport and see if uh, we can you know, potentially work together. Yeah, so just to recap those three points. So we have a three-pronged strategy here which drives people to our booth. Number one, confirm a certain number of people who will attend one of these educational sessions. Number two, to do the same thing with clients. So mm -hmm. point one is with prospects, point two is with clients. And then third, to seek out the right companies that we actually wanna have one-on-one -on -one meetings with. Now, I remember um, a few weeks back, we did an email that went out to a bunch of people saying, hey, you're gonna be at this particular event. And I had a good friend who actually emailed me because they were on that list. And mm -hmm. he said, hey, does this, does this actually work? Do people ever tell you whether or not they're going to be at the show? And so what do we find? Absolutely. Yeah. So if you're wondering, okay, shoot, that sounds great, guys. But how do you know who's going to be at the event? How are you reaching out to these people? In some cases, you can buy these lists in advance, mm -hmm. right? And um, I don't think we've done that in a while. No. It's actually been a while since a exhibitor... Uh, or, or one of these trade shows shared it with the exhibitors who, yep. who's attending. So often what we have to do is you have to get a little crafty. Yep. And one of the things that you do now, Mackenzie, is given that we have 
uh, we use Salesforce for our yep. CRM. And we yep. have history of who we've interacted with at the shows before. You go and you pull a list of anybody that we've ever bumped into at one of these shows. Correct. At the specific show in this yep. case, right? And so we take that list and we do an outbound email. And it's a very simple email. We can link up to this in the uh, show notes as well. You probably got it if you're listening. Yeah, that's, pr that's true. You, you may have received it. And we can share that template with you as well. It's a very simple email once you describe what it does. So we're going to be hosting educational sessions. Yep. And we're just trying to do some planning. We want to make sure that we are able to plan for the show. One simple question. Are you going to the mm -hmm. show? It brings them to a landing site that gives a little bit more information on the landing page of what we're going to be talking about, what kind of educational resources we're going to be providing, what the topic is. And then it allows them to schedule or set a time that they want to meet with us. Or if they're not going to be at the show, no big deal. Just simply reply. We can either set an online session or an online call. And every single person who responds for basically clicking one email and pressing one button enters yeah. to win some sort of prize. We did an Amazon gift card yeah. for this last so one. So we do a giveaway and um, you know, you might think that people wouldn't reply, but they do. Mm -hmm. They'll tell you whether or not they're going. And not only that, but they'll also tell you if they're interested in attending one of your sessions. Yep. Um, so if you think, you know, we're full of it, we're full of hot air, which we are sometimes, right? You no. are at least, Mackenzie. No. <laughs> uh, you know what? Try this stuff out. We'd be happy to share the template with you. This, this stuff actually works. So we use a combination of what you said, Mackenzie, social media outreach, doing similar uh, types of things, email. Mm -hmm. And then we have an aggressive outbound uh, phone call process as well. So why don't we bring in Suzanne, who's yes. on your team, and have her just kind of describe how we do that as well. Perfect. All right, so now let's welcome the very lovely Suzanne onto the uh, podcast here. Suzanne, it's your first time being on the show, right? It is. Woohoo! Yeah, we are, we're excited to have you. And so, uh, Mackenzie, you were just in the midst of describing how we send out these emails. Yep. We get the uh, notifications back that somebody says they're going and that they may be interested in attending an event. So Suzanne works on your team, and then what does she do with that information? Right, so... Assume that you're a person, you got the email, you click through, you either RSVP, mm -hmm. you say I'm ready to go, or I want an online session. The moment you hit submit, we're going to get a lead alert. So okay. Suzanne, why don't you tell us a little bit about what happens just from your email inbox and then where you take it from there and how you start to schedule people? Well, what I get is an, just like you said, a lead alert in my inbox. So I go to my email, check out if they're interested in scheduling a one-on-one -on -one session, scheduling a group session meeting, or perhaps they're not even attending the show, but they'd like to schedule a meeting online. And so do you follow up with them right away? Do you call them? Do you email them? What's your approach immediately? My approach that I find works best is I call them as quickly as I possibly can, usually within the first couple minutes of the response. Yeah, so listeners, you don't know, but if you go on our website and you can test her out here, Suzanne is quick. It doesn't matter what time. I actually had someone at the booth come up to me and say that they responded at 10.30 p.m. and Suzanne responded really? within one, no, this really Within happened. one minute? Within one what minute. What took so long? She, <laughs> <laughs> no, but so, so Suzanne, you pick up the phone and you call them and then um, t take me through the process from there. Do you schedule a meeting? Do you do a calendar invite? Tell our listeners, kind of walk, walk them through your process. So what I'll do is we'll look at the calendar, see what works best for their agenda at the show, whether it's if they can make one of the scheduled group sessions that we have on the calendar or if it would work better for them to schedule a one-on-one -on -one meeting. And it kind of depends on the information that they want to get, whether it's specific information or if they want the general presentation that we're 
giving up the show. So I'll go ahead and work on um, making that determination, and then we'll decide on a time. I'll put it on the calendar, and I will send them a Google Calendar invite for um, that specific day and time. Now, Mackenzie, how far out did we start doing this before the event? At least a month. So we do it about four weeks before? Yeah, and okay. that gives us room because, you know, obviously when you do email blasts, when you send out one blast, you're not going to get all the responses that you need. And mm -hmm. so we like to send out a blast and then wait a little bit. Maybe we change up our messaging, send it to the people who didn't open the original email and kind of okay, do some, right. do a few different touches so that the leads come in in waves mm -hmm. and our team, you know, including Suzanne, can then follow up okay. with them. So I recall that for this last event, we started about two weeks before the event, we started having a daily uh, sync up on where we stand with our numbers, right? Yep. So Suzanne, um, just take us through kind of, uh, you know, give folks a fly on the wall perspective of that meeting. What do we, what are the important metrics for us and how do we report on that? Well, what we go over is how many people have responded that they're interested in scheduling a meeting at the show and how many we've actually been able to connect with because just, you know, just because they respond doesn't mean they're available right at that time to answer the phone and put something on the calendar. So we see how many we have scheduled, how many we have yet to schedule, what our actual goal is, because as a team we have um, specific goals for each session and the show overall. Awesome. So one thing, what if some, what if you call someone three weeks before the show and they said, you know what, I'll just come by. Do you have any strategy? Do you guys circle back with them? Do you, is there a section? You mean for they're not this? willing to commit? Right, they're not willing yeah. to commit. Is, what's your strategy there? Well, the way I look at it is there are so many things happening at this show. There's a good chance they won't know what their calendar is going to look like for the show. So I make a note to myself to follow up in another week and hopefully they've got time to um, take a look at their calendar. Things have settled in a little bit and they can see where they have openings available. So Suzanne, since you've been doing this now for a little while here at Mindfire, tell us a little bit about how does this help you meet your personal objectives? So I know everybody on your team, Mackenzie, has a certain number of appointments they're trying to set. Um, so Suzanne, just from your perspective, how does this help you do your job, this process that, that we're talking about here? What I really like is the way it's just there's an outline, there are specific steps that we take, that we follow, and the, the people that we're reaching out to really seem responsive in that they are hearing from us on a regular basis. They know that we care, that we really do want to meet with them, you know, when it's convenient for them at the show. You know, listeners, one thing, you know, as we sit here and talk about it, we say, you know, we have these goals and every single day we call. Um, but one thing that we're that I want you to know is that in, in order to get to these goals, you have to keep the fire on the flame or whatever that expression is. You have mm -hmm. to keep the fire under it the entire time. And yep. So there is a lot of intensity every single day. You know, everyone in the team reports how many group sessions they've scheduled, how many people that are assigned to them that they have not yet, yet RSVP'd. So let's say 50 people that are assigned to me said they want to go. I've only connected with 10 of them. I've scheduled X amount for sessions at this time. I've scheduled X amount of one-on-ones. Every single day, we're always keeping our eye on the ball. And it it's, it's high intensity. Yeah, but we don't uh, let it take too long, right? I mean, the no. meeting that we have every day Quit. is at 9.15. I can't remember how much time was allocated to this portion of the agenda, but it's maybe five minutes, yeah. right? And we make everybody report very quickly on those top level numbers. 
And they have a script to report by. Yeah, they, they have a very specific process. And again, we can share that with everybody mm -hmm. if you're interested in knowing what that looks like for us. Uh, I, and I think the other thing that we do that's interesting from a tactical perspective is the group Skype that we have going on. Mm -hmm. So since we have a lot of people here at HQ, they might be sitting next to one another, but still not everybody's always talking to one another. And we have people out in the field. Suzanne, you're, you're one of them. I, I could hear your, uh, your, your doggy there in the background a few moments ago. Um, not everybody's in the same place necessarily, but a, a group Skype, for whatever reason, has helped us enable communication between the team members. Uh, Suzanne, from your perspective, is that something that's helpful to you? As a team player, it's just invaluable because I know every step of the way, who's doing what, who's reaching out to what person, and... And we just share the information. It's just an immediate response. It's perfect. It's a great way for us to communicate. Yeah. Is there anything else, Suzanne, that you feel um, that you want to tell listeners about the process of setting appointments for the show and how it's impacted you or any challenges or anything that's come up? I think the best thing that I can say about the system that we have in place is that it works. I mean, we have it so orchestrated every step of the way. We know what we're doing. We know what we're go our goals are. We know where we stand. And it's just a great system that we have in place. And, and you actually came with us to this last show that we went to. How did it feel to be at the booth? Did you, you know, and see your results? Did you feel um, successful? You know, what, what was the impact being there and seeing the fruits of your labor, which was a lot of labor? Well, the, the great thing about it was meeting the people that I had spoken with on the phone that I had scheduled to meet at the booth and to be able to go in onto my computer and see, you know, who were we expecting? Oh, maybe somebody is um, just happened to walk onto the booth and want to visit or sit in on a session. But being able to see everything fall into place the way we had it scheduled, the way we had it planned, have all the information at hand whenever I needed to go back and refer to it. That was just great. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Suzanne, for joining us. We may have you again, so we hope we hope that you can um, come back and, and share some insight with our listeners again. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. So that was really cool. Thanks for bringing Suzanne into the conversation, Mackenzie. That was re really helpful. And hopefully listeners, you you picked up something there from her. So, you know, I, I want to take one step back here and say that in addition to the strategy of driving people to the booth in advance of the session, the other important thing to do is to get everybody on the same page about what you're going to be talking about, yep. right? And so we have a key section in our strategy document called main messages. Yep. And that's where we articulate the different message point or points that we want to hit on at that show. And so everything that we're doing in advance of the show, um, these emails that we're sending out, the landing pages, the sessions that we're inviting people to, everything that we're talking about, everything we're preparing. The marketing collateral. The ma marketing emails. collateral, the social, all of it revolves around these, these pain points, as we call them, um, that are the messages that we want to communicate to the market. 
Right. So as I mean, I'm sure many of you guys have multiple um, value propositions that you have for customers, different things that you help them with, but your prospects and your customers. But when you're going to a trade show, this can often become a little bit too convoluted if you're all trying to talk about different things. And so as Dave said, we hone in on one or two key pain points or key needs that we're going to address at that show. Mm -hmm. And then we build everything that supports those pain points and those challenges to talk about how we can help them at the show. So I think one of the key things that's been a change for us here is while we are a technology company, right? We're a software company and you can get kind of hung up in the bits and the bytes of all of what we do. We have really changed to focus our messaging on the business problems that we're helping people solve, right? And so I would encourage the listener, if you're thinking, you know what, my messaging just isn't resonating with my audience, just think for a moment, maybe you may find yourself in the same situation we were in, where you're talking about a feature or you're talking about a technical aspect of your solution that doesn't resonate with the people that are driving business forward for your company. So our message points are typically around how to generate more leads and grow your sales as opposed to, okay, click this button and it will do X, Y, Z. Yeah. And by the way, this came from a lot of interviewing. Um, I think a year and a half ago or two years ago, we started to want to refine our messaging and figure out, okay, First of all, who are our customers and how do we help our customers? What are their goals? What are they trying to do? And what I personally found when we interviewed a lot of people is that sometimes we were leading with a little bit too granular of detail. So rather than painting the picture of the challenges we're going to solve or the ways that we're going to help them or um, the needs that they have that we can address, we were leading with features and functionality. And so if you're finding yourself leading with features and functionality, I encourage you to take a step further, take a step above that and see how can you talk to people at a high level? Because at the end of the day, yes, you want people to, um, you want your features and functionality to be able to support the challenges, but people need to understand why you're doing this and how you're going to help them. And so that's been really important for mm -hmm. us. And, and it's been a game changer in, in our messaging, both outside of trade shows, but especially at trade shows, when you have people walking by, you want them to, you basically have a few seconds with these people. Right. Even if people are coming to your se educational session, you have what, 20 minutes. Yep. And if they don't get how you're going to help them, well, guess what? There's thousands of other exhibitors right there. You know, that's an interesting point you make about having a few seconds to capture people, because mm -hmm. I think the other thing that this playbook would help somebody do, and it's certainly true for us, is you don't have to spend a lot of money on your booth. If you spend that money and time instead in advance, mm -hmm. making sure that you're setting appointments in advance of the show, it means that your booth doesn't necessarily have to, you know, you don't have to spend 50000 or $100,000 on your booth. But right? don't get me wrong. Our booth looked good. It, our booth does look <laughs> good, yeah. And uh, certainly kudos to you for all of that. But what I'm saying is it doesn't necessarily uh, mean that you have to not only put all this time in advance uh, to get all these appointments set and spend a, a, a boatload of money on the no, booth absolutely. itself, right? You yep. can, you can, you can uh, save yourself time and money there. So these message points that we're talking about, in our case, how many did we have? We, we had, have two. We had two message points that we wanted mm -hmm. to communicate. And so these messages, we, we spread throughout all of the calls and the emails that we're sending to people to get them to these uh, to these sessions, uh, to the one-on-one -on -one events that we're scheduling, um, and our social air cover, our social ads, everything we try to reflect uh, these messages through. Right, and each of these two pain points or pain sections are broken down into two sections, with the, which is really clear the problem, and the solution. So when we're going to this trade show, we obviously know the types of people that are going to be there. We know the audience of, you know, what their businesses are and what their main objective for going through these shows are. And we identify two problems that these people are 
typically experiencing and then the solution that we're going to provide to those problems so that we can be really targeted when we're talking to them. Yep. So let's take a step back and talk about the objective here at the show. So we're trying to get people to these um, to these sessions and right. these one-on-one meetings. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, show me the money, baby, right? We want to make money right. and we want to help people achieve their objectives and at the same time sell some stuff, right? So one of the key things that we've started doing differently, and you may be listening to this thinking, oh my gosh, I don't do that. Or maybe you think you guys are so dumb. You never did that before. Here's what we do. We bring order forms with us. I yeah. mean, for us, that's been a... I don't want to say a game changer because it seems like such a dumb thing that we didn't do, but we bring order forms. And one of the reasons why we have these one-on-one meetings set for our sales team, and we have a quota for our sales team in terms of the number of meetings they need to set as well, is so they can drive business, they can close business, show up at the event with order forms ready to go to sign business at the show. And guess what? Does it happen? It happens. It happens. Absolutely. And not only that, then they get a show special. Then they get to get started working with us earlier. We get to help them sooner. You know, a lot of times this this face-to-face, I mean, some companies you have lots of face-to-face time with your prospects. But nowadays, especially with technology, a lot of meetings are online. Go-to meetings. You're having phone conversations, Skype conversations. And you don't get to build that relationship in person. And so when you go to these shows and you're meeting with a prospect you've been working with for either maybe a week or maybe even years you know sometimes you meet with people that you've been talking to on the freaking phone for a year or two years you get to really build that relationship and then seal the deal you know it's time to work together and allow um, the team to come together and, and help them yep and I think you, I, I don't know how this hits you listener if you're thinking oh my gosh you guys are so dumb you never took order forms with you or you're thinking gee why don't we do that too? Mm-hmm. You know, initially for us, it was like maybe a little awkward. People think, why are you taking order forms? Don't we have to like talk to them there and then maybe wine and dine them and then talk to them over the phone and it's going to take a... No, do the damn deal at the show. Mm-hmm. People are in some cases ready to sign up. I mean, you told me stories. Unfortunately, I didn't go to this last show. Boo. Boo. I was at Lollapalooza or wherever you were last time. <laughs> Lala, is there even such a thing as Lollapalooza there anywhere? Is, okay. And that's not at the same That's not time. a cool thing. Okay. No, that, that, that is. Yeah, but it's it in is. Chicago. Okay. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I so, so, anyways, I wasn't at the show, but you told me, and I know we have numerous examples of this, that after these events, these 25 minute sessions that we had, people stood up, raised their hand. I'm ready to go. Let's go. Sign me up. Yep. Where do I sign? Yep. So you should absolutely be considering taking order forms with you. Fill them out. Get them ready. Get your sales team ready to sign deals at the show. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that goes back to the one-on-ones. If there's someone who you've been working with that you think could benefit from a one-on-one, make sure to schedule a one-on-one with them. And there's some crossover. So I know one of these um, gentlemen that we worked with, he had a one-on-one, and then he also stayed for an educational session so that he can get that information too. You yep. know, and, and it gives people the opportunity to meet different people from your team. Maybe they spend a few minutes with me. Maybe they talk to some of our customers and say, hey, are, are they the real deal? You know, Maybe they talk to salespeople. Maybe they talk to technical people. Maybe they talk to our CEO. And the more, you know, we're all about building relationships, and the more that you can build that relationship with your prospects and your customers, the closer you become, sign those deals, and that's it. Yep. All right, so I think that pretty much rounds out at a high level what we do before the event. Let us know in the blog, there in the comments, what questions you have for us. We really want to know, has this been helpful for you? And is there some additional detail we can provide you? We're going to link up an example of the campaign brief that we talked about. Mm -hmm. Go download that, go grab that, take a look, see if that can work for you in your business or if you're doing these things for customers, see if it can help your customers. And then next week, let's come back and uh, join us. We're going to talk about what we do at the event to drive success and capitalize on all the work that you've done up front. Woohoo! All right. See you next time. See you next time. Bye-bye.
You've been listening to the Pixels and Ink podcast with Mackenzie Farshid and Dave Rosendahl. For more information and to get the resources mentioned in this episode, visit mindfirestudio.com slash blog. We look forward to seeing you next week. Until then, keep testing your marketing to find out what works for you and your business and get ready for your leads and revenue to grow. We'll see you in the next episode.